Dark. Journalists speculated circumspectly about a love triangle, about a purely commercial hit, about a bungled attempt at intimidation. They didn't know, and the public didn't know. Only the cops and lawyers knew anything solid, and I was about to join their exalted company. I had to admit that I was intrigued. Summons serving, bodyguarding and money-minding are all very well and pay the bills, but there's bugger all about them that's investigative, and it was primarily my snoopiness that had got me into the business in the first place. My ex-wife said that I had no respect for people's privacy, and I'm afraid she was right. My bookshelves gave me away. The diary of Pete Seeger, the letters of Ernest Hemingway, that sort of thing. I took up a fair bit of space. I had the paperback of the letters of Paddy White all ready to go. How the old bastard would have despised Julius, who, so far as I knew, had never read a book, looked at a painting or been to a play in his life. It was close to midday when Cy called, and almost one o'clock when I finished musing about Fleischmann, money, life and death. I had a few small things on my plate, nothing that couldn't be delayed for something more interesting. I ate lunch at my desk three bananas and a bigger-than-standard glass of wine. Since Glenn Withers left me to marry another cop, I found it hard to think of meals as anything other than necessary fuel. The fruit shop in Glebe Point Road has seductive bananas the year round, and they had become my staple food. Tasty, easy on the clackers, full of goodness and no plate or cutlery needed. I'd discovered that bananas didn't go really well with any kind of alcohol, and that was a plus nourishing food that kept my grog consumption down had to be a good thing. I'd even thought of doing a book, a P.I.'s balanced diet, eight bananas and eight glasses of red wine per diem. I wandered down Williams Street and took in a little slice of Hyde Park on my way to Sy's office in Martin Place. People occupy the park in numbers unless it's pissing down rain. This December day was fine, a bit muggy, Shirt sleeves and drilled trousers, weather for me. No jacket. I wondered if any of the people lunching on the grass, strolling about or hurrying through, were millionaires or murderers. I was pleased with the speculation. It showed I was getting involved and using my imagination. When I'm working on a case and no bizarre ideas or unlikely suspicions enter my head, it means I'm not properly wired into it. Sai's office is everything it should be. Well appointed, but not opulent, suggesting competence rather than ostentation, effective service rather than massive fees, but with those professional touches that showed you why you needed him, probably more than he needed you. His secretary hadn't changed in twenty-plus years. Miss Mudlark, I called her to myself, because she always wore brown. She was a tall, rather angularly built woman, wearing a beige blouse and loose dark brown pants high heels. Her hair and eyes were brown, and I bet she took a coffee with a dash of milk. Her name was Janine. She knew how matters stood between me and Si, and she was tolerant. Our communications were almost entirely banter. Mr. Sackville is expecting you, Mr. Hardy. Go right in. Thanks, Janine. Nice outfit. You always say that. It always is. Is she in there? Yes. Try to stay on your feet. I knocked and entered in what I hoped was a smooth, confident sweep. Sai was sitting behind his desk and stayed there. A woman was in a chair slightly to his side. Not exactly where you'd expect a lawyer's client to be, but not in his lap either. She stayed seated too.
That had me at six foot and half an inch, the tallest thing in the room, but a long way from the most powerful. Sai checked his watch, a reflex action. I'd done the same a few minutes earlier and ensured that I was on time. Cliff Hardy, Mrs. Fleischman, Sai said. Claudia, this is the man I spoke to you about. She turned her head slightly to look up at me, and I suddenly understood what Janine the mudlark meant. This was a woman to melt your bones. She was nothing like beautiful, and much, much more than that. Her dark hair was frizzy, and her nose was big, like her mouth. Her eyes had a strange slant, and she was slightly buck-toothed. The effect was devastating, and utterly unlike the newspaper photographs. Better. She said my name, and I muttered hers out of a dry throat. So I pointed to a chair that more or less put his desk between me and Mrs. Fly.